welcome to For All Mankind, the podcast, a podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down and chat with a mum about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a former medical rep, PE and science teacher. She's a stay-at-home mum, content creator, a mum to Quaylen, Fia, Ollie and Jacob. It's Kim O'Connor. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. You're just back from your holidays. We were just back. We went to Lanzarote for a week, so it was lovely to get away and have a bit of sun, especially this time of year. But um, do you know it's lovely to come home as well? I'm really looking forward to the winter now and the build up to Christmas and not necessarily like Christmas Day and just that period, but the whole build up where, you know, you're just allowed to sit inside and enjoy the cold weather and make winter food stews and just stop always kind of being on the go and having to be outside and doing stuff even though it's nice to be outside and do stuff but i don't know there's something about this time of year that i think gives you license to light the fire and watch a movie yeah and snuggle up and snuggle up yes exactly i actually had the first time ever yesterday alice she's a very busy baby and we recorded frozen and oh did you it yeah. was on tv it was on sunday saturday it was a saturday big movie that's funny because i saw on twitter some people were watching it and i i thought of maybe it was frozen 2 that had come out in the movie but it was obviously the first one yeah and to be honest i pretty sure i'd seen it before it's quite a traumatic movie for kids <laughs> yeah. a lot happens so i'd seen half of it and then i kind of actually felt i had to go back to watch the rest of it because to make peace with it to make peace i was like this has to get better like so i actually but it does it does it does so but actually, it is a bit sad it is sad. the mom and dad get lost on the ship yeah yes and then the, the, the sisters fall out i was like, this is very traumatic for kids so i got alice we snuggled up under a blanket which has never she's just not that type of baby oh, she's like so really though. explorative and she sat down okay we got about 20 minutes and Ben had gone off to do shopping the fire was late the curtains were closed oh, and it was so the nice. nicest 20 minutes and if that was during the summer I would have been out in the garden or playing with bubbles or we'd been at the beach or but, feeling guilty for being inside if you were inside yeah yeah because often on a Sunday for for me it's that real like family planning day and getting yourself ready yeah but during the winter yeah, I just love that permission to draw the curtains, light the fire, grab the blanket and... Oh, I'm the same. And I am a summer girl. Like, I like I love the summer. If I had to live in only one season of the year, it would be the summer. But I feel really lucky that I love the winter too. You know, the way some people just only... They're like, I'm a summer person or a winter person. I love the build up to this time of year. And um, like I bought a Christmas tree last week you know did you well like a fake one obviously but as in like I just love that and then I went to Penny's and I bought loads of um decorations and my husband despairs seeing more stuff coming into the house but I just love that I love that um so yeah this is just I think it's a lovely time of year the only time I don't like is the six weeks after Christmas when you're broke and you're miserable and you ate too much and you drank too much and the evenings are dark and it gets really cold. I think yeah. that part of the year in Ireland is much colder Way than colder. this part. Yeah. yeah. So that's fairly bleak. But then you get to the middle of February and it's like starting to look like spring again. And then January, because we were looking at it in work, it's I think it's a five week January, which is just miserable. Depressing. But that's the thing, because when I used to get paid when I was working full time, you get paid in the middle of December. 
and then you to limp six weeks yeah. to the end of January. So it's like you're broke on top of everything else. At the most expensive time of the year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I and do you know what actually what's funny though? Um the one thing I've learned, Christmas is the most expensive time of the year, but back to school. August yeah, it's true. and September are so expensive. They are actually as expensive, I think, as Christmas. Like there's everything, there's uniforms, there's books, there's all your extracurricular, there's all this you know, the fees, you know, if you have to give contributions to the school, yeah. whatever, any of that stuff. Um, that time of year is so expensive as well. And you have a few of them. Like, I know, yeah, there's a few of them around, right? <laughs> <laughs> How I've the seen a few right around the house. <laughs> <laughs> How old are the kids? Um Quelan is ten, Fee is eight, Ali is five, he'll be six on Stephen's Day. And Jacob is four. He's just four. So ten, eight, five, four. So it's a busy household, can't it? Yeah, but I suppose every house is busy, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose each each home has its own level of busyness. Madness, yeah. yeah. This just is carnage. But <laughs> they're all really noisy and loud, but sure, look, what are you going to do? Do you know? And did you always want four kids? No. Oh, my God. I used to look at people with four kids and I used to be like, like, are you actually mad? Like, I mean, you must be mad. You have to change your car. I mean, they won't fit in a normal car. And no, I always wanted three. And then, surprise, <laughs> surprise, it was four. And um, I remember when I found out, I just lay in bed for about six. Well, I didn't lie in bed for six weeks, but every time I went to bed, you know, it was, at it was in your mind. Like... Yeah, my mind would be racing. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? How am I going to cope? And I found two to three really, really hard as a transition but I found three to four no more difficult. Like, it was a really pleasant surprise. Yeah. I suppose there's only... It was chaos anyway. So it was just more chaos. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I never never planned it for. But then I was so happy that when I had two girls and a boy, I was so happy it was another boy. Do you know that was yeah. kind of like... Not that there's such a thing as a balance, but it was just a nice surprise that... It ended up that way. You exercised actually through all of your pregnancies up to 36 weeks. Yeah. I walked, yeah, like I walked right to the end. I, you see, that's mental as well, though. That's, <laughs> I was in every sense of the word, but um, it's not just for the physical. I mean, I have to exercise to actually function. And my husband's like, oh, you're like a racehorse cleaner. You have to be brought out and run around the place. Otherwise, you go crazy. And it's true. Um, but like I, I think there's a, there used to be like a stigma around um, pregnant women exercising. Yeah. I think that's gone for the most part. Um, I do know of friends. I chose not to run. But that was more out of laziness, to be honest. But um, I know friends who ran right up to the end of the pregnancy. And they say, yeah, they do get some funny looks sometimes still. But like I'd be down in the gym and um, lifting weights, light weights. I mean, yeah. you, you just have to modify. You have to... Like, you wouldn't be taking up anything new. Or you wouldn't be lifting any heavier than you would have lifted prior to being pregnant. And then as the pregnancy progresses, you'd modify and go lighter. But it's it's sanity as well. And it's just feeling... Just keeping everything ticking over so that when you go back, the muscle memory is there and it's easier to, and to, to back. get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And now you use exercise as kind of a form of clearing your head. Oh, I do. Like, I... I know it sounds funny, but like, it's almost like my meditation, especially when I run, like when I run, I probably spend the first 15 minutes effing and blinding in my head and running, <laughs> my knees are going to last and my hips are going to last and this is madness and I hate it. But then when you get over that 15 minutes, you know, you get into rhythm and it's it's fine. 
and then I kind of sort out the world's problems in my head but like obviously my world's problems in my head yeah and I I just um I used to always run with music and now I don't run with music anymore because very rarely because um I just like the silence and I just like only hearing my own thoughts as opposed to music or whatever in my head I know I probably sound mad no but I think as well there's so much noise whether it's actual noise or just noise is in like the noise that we fill our minds with almost distracting ourselves from the current situation whether that's you know you find yourself on Instagram just scrolling oh yeah and And that's noise in itself oh it is completely I am I that's I find with Instagram like sometimes you have to just put it down and go away from it for a while because like it is noise and you're you're kind of filling an empty space yeah just I don't mean rubbish because it's not rubbish but like stuff that may only be impeding you doing other jobs that will allow you to be organized for the rest of the week do you know so um yeah like I find that mentally it's just the constant the voice in your head and, yeah. and then the voices shouting at you with real life as well <laughs> on top of it that it's just carnage sometimes but yeah I think you need that downtime just oh to... definitely I always find I visualize my mind like a filing cabinet and if it's chaotic I in my head what I see is like a, a, a cabinet opened and there's just files and papers all over the place so when I go out for a walk or for a run or go to the gym it's that's my like downtime that's where I have nobody yeah. talking at me oh, totally. or it's just and your concentration's on your body movement and then your yeah. your head gets that time to just go unravel. elsewhere I just yeah. think it unravels all the little yeah. problems and you can kind of make your plans and you can or even like I find if something happens to you like a situation or scenario you can kind of just replay it and you can kind of make peace with it or make a plan or figure out what went wrong or what went right or do you know like little things like that that's why I kind of think it's a bit like my meditation it's just sorting through everything and then between that and the endorphins when you finish your exercise yeah. you feel like a different person afterwards yeah. and like I don't exercise to look good looking good I'm not saying I look good, but I'm saying looking good is a nice side effect. It's of a byproduct exercise. of it. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of a symptom of it. But um, no, like my motivation to exercise would be to be strong and healthy and mentally well. If I am mentally well, I don't know. Poor kids. I'd say no, <laughs> she's not. And what do you think? Um, obviously, you need time to go to the gym and exercise and ha- managing the four kids what is the greatest challenge for you as in time management wise or just just general life in general yeah like uh, is time your greatest time challenge? challenge yeah like you literally those four hours in the morning when the kids are at school that's like every hour it nearly is accounted for like you know I, I I'd have days where you know if I'm creating content obviously I content to create for people brands I'm working with but then, obviously, I think it's really important. I have to have my own content as well. That's, you know, just stuff I, I enjoy doing. And I think you have to have that for two reasons. One is for authenticity. I can never say that word. <laughs> I should have said to keep it real. And the other reason is I think people watching you, they don't want to just see all the sponsored stuff. Um, but time management, so this you factor that in and you're trying to factor in your workout. And sometimes you have to leave the workouts go because, you know, you have your priorities but then if you leave the workouts go too long, your mentality suffers and 
So I yeah, that's the biggest challenge I find is just making time for everything. And then you got to make the dinners, and then like I mean, there's people who go to work every day and they leave their house so early in the morning, and come back so late at night, and then I'm like, then they literally have to start into uniforms and lunchboxes yeah. and dinners and you know that's the challenge like it's it's really difficult and how do you on a day-to-day basis then keep the house going oh my god I'll tell you one story my husband will tell you another <laughs> um I know like I have I don't know I kind of just I have my little routine the kids usually get the bus in the morning except for Jacob so in between them going on the bus and me dropping Jacob down I will prepare the dinner so that it'll go in the slow cooker, it'll go whatever needs to be done. If I don't do that sometimes then everything's all thrown and I get a bit antsy and I'm like, oh my God, I'm way behind. And then I have to kind of talk myself off a ledge and be like, this is only your routine. It doesn't actually matter to anybody else. What time you do this, you can do it later. But um, I'm lucky I have a cleaner who comes in once a week. So that's really nice. And you know, it's just- it Takes a bit of pressure off. It does really like, because it frees up those hours to do other stuff. But um, like I'm at the stage now where like I have to treat the content creation like a job because it yeah. is a job, you know, I've got an accountant, I have to pay taxes. So you need to give it time. So that's one way for me to get some hours back that I can, instead of cleaning for the morning, you know, I get to film my videos or write my blog or take my pictures. But um, yeah, I think you just have to do things when you have the slot to do them, like go to the gym. And if you don't, there's no procrastinating about it. If you don't do it then, you just have to make peace with the fact that you had your opportunity to go and it's, it's gone. So just yeah, move on. Um, I, I actually like hate cleaning. I know, like I, lo- I, I, I love it when it's done, but I really do find like the greatest waste of time. I hate it and I love a clean house. Yeah. But I, I just hate it. And like I'm okay with washing clothes. I'm okay with folding clothes. I'm okay with that. I hate putting them away. Oh my God, putting I away is the worst. Hate putting them away. There's, we have stacks of clothes at the moment. Up, like we get them as far as the landing. That's it, and then it's just and then it's just away. chaos. And hate it. I absolutely, I every time I pass the baskets, they're all clean. Oh God, I I'm the same. And I'm I'd the... love to say it was Alice's washing, but mainly it's my husband's. <laughs> like I don't know any other adult that goes through so much clothes, and I know he works on the beach and he's busy. But my God, I know, but it's torture. Like it's, it's never ending though. But then. The other side of it is, like, I find then at weekends I'd be tearing into the utility room and doing all the clothes. Yeah. But, like, it's never ending. If you don't actually say to yourself, stop, like, just put them down and go and have some family time and go for the walk or, you know, go out and do the garden or whatever. Like, you could actually do those jobs forever and they'll never get done. Forever. They'll never get done. Like, you'll always have more. I try and try on Thursday evening. So I take Fridays off work because I work four days and get as many jobs as I can done by Thursday evening. So then yeah. I hate using my Friday. I, I feel guilty on Alice. I know, no, that I know the exactly Fridays like saying. doing my jobs. Like I hate that. I know, but I know, and, but Friday, I'm like that. I'd often, I love going over to Mahan Point like on, on a Friday morning and just the, oh no, I've only met the girls for coffee once in September, but the odd time you'd meet them for coffee. Yeah. And it's just allowing yourself to do that. But I get very antsy then sometimes if, I, if I'm if i not organised, I feel like I should be doing something. And that's a mom thing. I think it's just, you always feel like you need to be busy. And yeah, it's very hard to allow yourself not to be busy. Yeah. Because there's always jobs. But you just have to draw the line sometimes and be like, okay, I worked really hard all week. I, I'm going to allow myself a couple of hours off. Yeah. 
Do you know? This reminds me that talking about the washing was this disaster that I had that I'd forgotten about, but now every so often it kind of pops back in. Um, because I was rushing out the door to work and I normally don't do this, so I don't know why that morning, but it was probably because I had three minutes to spare. Somehow I gained a bit of time in the morning and I ran into the laundry room to take stuff out of the washing machine to the dryers. Yeah. So when Alice was small, she was just about crawling. I thought it was a great idea that I gave her a bag of nail varnishes. Oh my God. So oh my God. I could do my makeup and she would play you clink away. Her a grenade. <laughs> clink away with the lovely <laughs> nail varnishes. <laughs> so it was all great. I was like, this is a great idea. Like, well done me. And not even a toy, you know, it's sensory and colours is fab. Um, oh my God. And I remember putting them all away and we did this now a few days. So yeah. I don't know which day caused the issue. And she wasn't walking. So honestly, I really don't know how this happened. So this beautiful dark green oh. Ezzy nail varnish oh, somehow no. ended up into her laundry bag. Oh no. Which ended up going to the washing machine. So when I got to it and I was looking in, in the window, I could see this little dark green. Do you know when things get aren't supposed to be in the washing machine? Yeah. Come to the front. And there it was, oh waving God. at me. Oh, I'm so sick. I know. So I opened it and I was like, I had a bit of relief. I was like, oh, it's intact. And I, as I took it out, I was like, oh, it's not. It's just this oh, massive crack. Oh my God, crack. I feel sick. Yeah, that's just... It was the worst. So as I started to pull out stuff, it was all like her Everywhere, vests like... and baby sleep suits. It was just green. So it oh just looked God. like poo on everything. Oh, no. <laughs> and what was worse was like, it was all brand new. So she had obviously gone from like, it must have been like oh, nine no, to 12 months. Oh no, she'd gone up an age group. Yeah, oh, she'd gone up an age group. No. So I don't know what is this lovely. And I was like, even if it was pink, you might, might get away with it. It could have been like tie-dye. A bit of a it could have been stuff, tie-dye, you know? yeah. <laughs> and then I remember grabbing, there was uh, this lovely little um, comforter that she has with a oh. monkey on it and that got, oh, got it. Oh, no. So I was there in nail varnish remover before going to work. Like, I'm trying to comfort her. Yeah, trying to, trying to get it off. That's the one thing I always say. Um, we, my kids all have comforters and once the minute they got attached to them, I went out and I bought three or four of each one yeah and they're expensive those comforters aren't cheap no. but um we literally had one of the crash and we had because when i was working full-time they went to crash um and we had you know two at home and we might have had one hidden away spare always yeah. untouched because they go out of stock and they get so attached to so there's there's like yeah jacob now brings his cocos he calls them he knows there's a few now so it's so funny, like, because he, the, one of them has a neckerchief, and this is, I deliberately picked one for him that there was nothing to suck on it, because okay. all the rest of them were sucking him. But it's got this little neckerchief scarf, and of course he sucks the, and it's tiny, like, it's about two centimeters long. The, the, the thing. So he calls it, it's disgusting now, he calls it drinking, I'm drinking my cocoa. So he's like, <laughs> Mama, where's my drinking cocoa? Because there's one he particularly likes to suck, it's disgusting. <laughs> but anyway, we need a new babysitter one night, and he was like no before I go to bed I need my drinking cocoa <laughs> she gave him like a cup of hot chocolate and I was like oh my god I totally understand why she did it but she must think we're mad giving our children a cup of hot chocolate every night before they go to bed he's living his best life oh best life best life ever like where's my drinking cocoa oh yeah this nice have you marshmallows to go with it <laughs> you must have some disaster oh loads I'm more disastrous than um. oh my god I, I like off the top of my head, I'm trying. I, there's no way I'll even remember the bad ones. But um, I remember one week Ollie broke over 180 euro worth of stuff in the house, and I was I was actually distraught. He took a shovel to the the stove, the glass stove, and smashed the front of that. And and they're expensive to fix. Oh yeah. 
and he broke one of my lamps and another day I don't know was it him or one of the kids put a red ballpoint pen into like my, I'm useless at washing I just fling everything and like only I'm not joking about two months ago I went to Penny's and I bought a white wash basket for me for like lights and dark I never had one but um, my husband is meticulous and he had all these white shirts for work inside in the machine and Jacob threw in well, I, I don't know was it Jacob but I've it probably was. It's usually Jacob. Um, threw a red ballpoint pen in with them. In with them, they were destroyed. They were destroyed. Like, and I'm not. Too, I wasn't just like two shirts. It was like eight All or of nine. Them. You know those T M Lewin. They were like so <laughs> carnage. But there's probably like most of our disasters are probably poo related. I could tell you loads of stories. But um, actually that one day I was in Smiths, and Ollie vomited like projectile all over himself, all over his car seat, everywhere. And I was in the car park of Smith's and I was stripping him off and I was wiping him down with wipes and it was just a mess, it was just a mess. And I was sweating and I didn't know what to do. And this woman came over and it was the nicest thing ever. She brought over grey tracks of bottoms and a little navy Buzz Lightyear t-shirt and she just gave them to me. She was like, look, they're my spare clothes. Just please just put them on the naked child. <laughs> but um, she was so nice and I was trying to get her name and her number to, give them back and give her a card or whatever. And she was like, no, please don't even worry. They're my spare clothes. Just take them away. And it was just the nicest thing, you know, just, I know if I ever see anyone like in Mahan with a buggy or anything and they're sweating and struggling, I'd always kind of like offer just, oh, do you want me to put your buggy for you? Or yeah. it's all those small things. I think when you're a mom um, and you see other moms and it brings you back to, to where you used to be when you had a tiny baby. And it's yeah. so hard. It's so yeah. hard. I remember there was definitely a few weeks and it was that time of the year, it was like January that had Alice and I was wearing, I was just felt like I was permanently warm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's I was like, stress. Yeah, yeah now I look back on, that was just stress. I was pressure. like, what's wrong with me? Oh yeah, no, it's so hard to start. So, yeah, it is. You're convinced everyone's watching you then as well going, oh, look oh, what she, yeah. she's making. I'm always like that. It's like my kids, if someone has a freak attack and I'm convinced they're looking and they're judging how I react to it. And yeah. But they're not. For the most part, they're just wondering what they're going to have for tea tonight. Or they're going, thank God that's not me. Because that's normally me. Because like, that's what I do. I, I, I try not to stare at anyone. If I'm looking, I'm like, that poor woman. I've been yeah. there a million times. And I'll be there again. It's more of a look of empathy going, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, it, totally, totally. Me a million times over. And with the four of them, obviously, they each have their own personalities. Do you find yourself <coughs> mothering them differently? differently? Um, no, not consciously. Like, I wouldn't have a different approach, but I think maybe subconsciously you you might in the sense that, you know, you obviously no one has a favourite, but you know that a different child might need you more in that particular circumstance than another, than one of your other kids. Yeah. So I suppose rather than parenting them differently, you just know their personalities and you know how such a situation would affect one child versus how it might affect another child. Yeah, but um, you kind of react differently to them. Yeah, and I'm sure I make a complete mess of it as much as I, as much as I get it right. I'd say there's more times I get it wrong. They'll tell you. They'll tell you when they're eighteen, when they're in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> they're thinking about that horrible mother. And your kids are one of them. What I see from online, they're great eaters. No, and do you know what? No, no, they're I not. have to say this, and I always feel guilty when people send me messages and they're like, "Oh my god, they're amazing eaters." And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to give that impression on my social media. I have four of them. 
So by virtue of just sheer volume, I'm always going to find one that will like it, you know. And Fia is a great eater. She would eat anything. You could go anywhere in the world and she would literally eat anything. Um, Quilin was terrible and now she's quite good. But yeah. they're, all of them are amazing to eat fruit. They like remortgage the house on fruit. Like really? in, They're really good with fruit. And then Fia's good with veg and the rest of them are only okay with veg. I would say... I'd say Ollie's a terrible eater. Yeah, he'd be fairly yeah. bad. He'd have things he'd eat, like shepherd's pie and yeah, pasta favorites. and all the usual. But no, I'd be lying if I said he was a good eater. But that's why I do all my smoothies. Yeah. I kind of feel like they have porridge every morning. Now weekends, they're allowed to have um, crispies. And the girls actually take them to eat Weetabix a bit lately. But I do the green smoothies because I feel no matter how bad it gets for the rest of the day, at least they've had something. Um, yeah. So like I'll always do a smoothie in the morning of some sort with spinach in it and I might put like a, a green powder or a probiotic or, you know, I mix it up, flaxseed, yeah. whatever. But I do that and I only give them a little portion, like 150 mils, 200 mils on it, not big massive smoothies. And I wouldn't do it seven days a week. I might do it four or five, but I do it so that they actually get some of the green in them yeah. at the start of the day and then we can work on it for the rest of the day but you don't feel as stressed. Yeah, because that, for me, I found the weaning Alice and getting food into her really hard for the first while. Do you know when you yeah. were, you were trying, thinking, oh, I'm going out now at lunchtime so I have to bring her food with her. That's really hard. Much harder than when you have a bottle or if you're feeding them because you can just throw a bottle into them anywhere. Whereas yeah. I think when they go to that stage you really have to plan a lot more and you're trying to bring variety and but I definitely think that I definitely stressed about it too much I should have just thrown up some of the food like you you know you're worried about you know the Annabelle Caramel books and stuff they're all like don't give them the salt and don't give them but then you get to the point where you don't give them the, the salt to the point where you're really stressed out about it <laughs> like I remember going to a family event years ago in Kerry and my husband's one of nine so and they're pure meat and two veg you know brought up in the country and proper dinners like yeah and I was uh, whatever I can't even remember what we were at and his brother was being really nice and he was basically horsing a whole load of um, mashed potato and gravy into Quilin and helping as well with my friend's child Billy and they were both like our first kids and you know we were like oh my god oh my god all the salt and all the butter and and now I look back and I'm like it was probably the best thing that they could have given to the child because Getting them used to all different things and just not getting stressed about it, just relaxing yeah. a bit. And obviously feeding them well, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying don't worry about it to the point where you always have a breakdown. And Yeah, I found we went on holidays in September, so Alice was 13 months. And actually it was the best thing we ever did because up until then we were kind of still puring. We were like, oh, and really we shouldn't have been, but that was from our own like oh yeah, god there's nothing wrong with that it's just so then we worked on holidays and we brought all of her own snacks her juices and we bought pouches like Ella's Kitchen yeah. she never took to them like she's not Didn't into she? no she loves her dad's cooking and she'd take it she'd barely take it yeah and we kind of just had to wing it so we gave her like muesli and weedabix for her breakfast as normal but then we just gave her whatever we were eating. Yeah, that's the thing. So and the child like... had a mighty holiday. She, yeah. tried, she had sweet potato fries. She had all these different yeah, of cheese. Yeah, but that's brilliant because it's all the different textures as well. And we came back and we actually had so much confidence after seeing her eating. She would garlic bread for the first time. 
Yeah, and did she die? No. She just really loves it. Like, and now she it. senses it. The second it comes out of the fridge, she, oh, her eyes is. are like, and she just loves it. And But that's balance as well. Like, that's it all. Is. And I, I think, you know, not just for the child, but if, if for the mom and the dad, like, we get so stressed about it. And there's all these messages. And I, I think we have to realize that, I suppose, you know, some people do need to be educated on it because, you know, depending on how you're brought up, you just simply may not know. Yeah. But I think then if we get too worried about it and too focused on it, you lose a little bit of the other side of it, which is just relaxing and going with it. And I mean, they've got tiny bellies as well. Yeah. So they don't they don't need as much. So like we'd be stressing they didn't eat the whole dinner. But like, yeah, th- their brains are telling them oh, you're grand, you're done. Move yeah. On. And Do that's know? actually something I picked up with um, baby led weaning. Do you know, and it was something that I suppose when my sister and my brother had their kids, baby blade reading wasn't really there. Yeah, so yeah, it wasn't I would, a thing. Yeah, so I wouldn't have, because they, they would have thought it was quite a hippy-dippy thing. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I would have, if I was minding them, the kind of instructions, I think, surely eat all their dinner. Yeah. And you can't be like almost forcing it yeah, into the poor child. Yeah, And now, oh, they it's like, like a ball. They blow up like a ball, the first thing. And now I, I literally pick, pick up Alice's cues the second, as much as it kills me, that she starts dropping the like, food yeah, on the floor. It's only you getting stressed. And I'm like, she's clearly done now. Just like yeah. she, she'd have great concentration maybe for 10, 15 minutes. She'd eat what she wants to eat. Yeah. At her own pace. And then you can tell she's like, well, there's no point coaxing her or even giving her something different. Yeah. She's done. Yeah. But that comes with experience. Yeah. Well. And like, you're lucky you picked it up early. Like I, I found um, with mine, it's the texture. I know it is like with Ollie, it's the texture of stuff that puts them off. But like, yeah. this is desperate. But like if I cook a roast chicken and if I put it on the dinner table, he actually retches. The he visual it. of it. The visual of it and the smell. It's the smell. And yeah. He, and it's the weirdest thing ever. I'm uh, very so I actually, You have to put the chicken on the counter and cut the chicken. And, but like he eats, I said he's the only vegetarian in life that doesn't eat vegetables. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he is like, as in, I was like, he, he would, no, he'd live off shepherd's pie. But shepherd's pie takes forever to make. It you does, know, it's really time consuming. potatoes and the whole lot. Um, but other than that, I, I, I find it, he's amazing for green smoothies and he's amazing for porridge and he's amazing. He'll eat pasta and he'll eat a bit of steak. And like his version, if I do a barbecue, his version of, of a cheeseburger, he'll save some all kind of cheeseburger. And my mom will go to the barbecue and make a cheeseburger. And I'll be like, no mom, it's actually just like a burger with almost cheese in it. That's <laughs> like a cheeseburger. <laughs> She's just looking at me. And I'm like, I know, I sway between, you know, encouragement and, you know, willing the child to eat and going, ah, doesn't matter. Just move on. He's eating something, yeah. you know, and put loads of stuff on the table and let him pick the bits he wants. And, but it's a battle. But I do always, um, yeah, if someone writes me on Instagram and if they're like, oh, your kid's amazing. I'm always like, no, they're actually genuinely not. And I don't want people to think that. I want them to know that. Like all these things I make, I make them because I'm trying to encourage variety and I'm trying to find stuff that they like without ruining them. Like, you know, yeah, maybe I have ruined them. Already. I don't know. It's a process. And something you mentioned there about stressing, kind of following the rules. I read an interview and uh, from you a couple of years ago and you were talking about, I think it was the Gina Four book. And following that book oh of putting God. thing, putting oh the holding the baby up and holding the baby down, oh, depending yeah. on if it's crying or not. Yeah. And I could totally empathise with you because I remember when I when we had Alice, like we were following all the books because that's what that's what you do. That's like. what you do yeah. as a first time mum and dad. You're like, yeah, the book says this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I know it's just. I remember one time trying to get Quilla to nap until it was time to wake her up, and she literally just fell asleep. I was in my mom and dad's house, and the minute she fell asleep, I was like, well, now it's quarter past now. She's got to get back up again. And I'd say my mom, 
must have had her lip half chewed off trying to bite her lip like not the same thing but um no like we followed it and I followed bits of that and bits of the baby whisperer and I remember one day picked her up and cuddled her till she stops crying put her back down and you do that and I did it 40 times and I was crying at the child was crying and my husband literally had to stage an intervention and he was like Lena like no like forget the book now throw out the books we're done with the books we're just gonna wing this ourselves but like I remember one time standing on my bed and I was bouncing up and down with Quillen on my shoulders like as in gently I wasn't yeah. like jumping on the bed <laughs> and, um, but trying to Seriously. swear to sleep yeah and it was like two o'clock in the morning and um I could like I bounced a hundred times and then she might drift off and I put her down. I says bounce, bounce. And I swear to God, I'm not joking. I got to a thousand bounces and the child still wasn't asleep. And I was like, I just bounced a thousand times on my bed. <laughs> the child is wide awake. I'm losing my mind. But you know, like you get through it, and yeah. it's awful when you're going through it some nights, and you keep thinking, I don't want to wish my life away, yeah. but I wouldn't mind wishing just this little next few hours. <laughs> you know. But you do get through it and you do forget and then somebody you know has a baby and it brings it all back and yeah. your heart goes out to them because like I used to get the dreads at six o'clock at night. I used to, evenings would be getting dark and I used to be like, oh my God, it's a nighttime's coming, I can't go. With my first. And I remember one time being in my house with two of my friends from hockey and I said it to them because we had babies all within two weeks of each other, our first babies. And I went to the lads, I get the dreads in the evenings about nighttime, and they both went, oh my God, so do we, so do we. It's just like, you get this feeling and like it's nearly night time and I have to do that whole fall asleep and wake up two hours later. And yeah. Like, I can see why sleep deprivation is a torture method in some places because it's, it's tough going and like problems are way bigger when you're tired. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's all, I always kind of thank Alice for sleeping. And we use the Lou's Seawolf book uh, because I genuinely don't think I could have coped. That was my, honestly, it was my greatest fear of having a baby. Was this lack of sleep? Was the lack of sleep. I really feared it because I, I know myself what I need for my mind to work correctly and to be in a good space. And I, I didn't even think of that. I was pure naive. I was just, yeah. And I, funny, I didn't know Lucy Wolf then, but her kids go to the same school as my kids. Aww. So I'd, I'd see her now on the school run and she's lovely. But I always, always past like mine were a bit older when I discovered her yeah but um yeah like it's sleep is huge sleep it's is huge. huge and every night she sleeps I wake up in the morning going thank you Alice thank have you said that now I woke up this morning and the two boys were in our bed <laughs> like I was nearly on the floor so it's just ridiculous I actually said to Jacob two nights ago I was like Jacob I'm gonna go up the front of my garden now and I'm gonna put a big sign on it I'm gonna go bottom half of a bunk bed for sale because <laughs> Jacob you never sleep in it and he does like there's no point giving out to someone who actually doesn't care. Yeah. He just doesn't care. He's pure fourth child, doesn't care. And each child goes through its own phase. I'm a friend of mine, they just had a baby couple, I suppose he's three months old and I was texting them and I said, Look, I know what you're going through is really hard right now, but it's just a phase oh that God, you're going yeah. through. And you go through all these little phases. Loads of little phases and you know, some of them are easier, some of them are harder, but I think you know, like I was saying, when you get to 10 months old, they can hold a bit of bread. Yeah. And then you can pot around the kitchen while they're holding the bread. Or if you're in the restaurant, they'll be holding that or whatever. And I think that makes such a difference, you know, and the child is happy because they're kind of entertained with it and they're squashing it and they're flinging it on the floor. And it's not the usual. And the other child is coming along, eating it off the floor. But um, that then you get to the stage where they start walking 
And like, yeah. that's just carnage. Yeah, we're at that now. Yeah, that's just... Yeah. There's no child proof in your house. Until no. you put a child down on the floor and go, go, do your thing. And they pull everything out of everywhere. <laughs> I'm waiting to see how long the TV is going to last. Because Ben has bought the... Is it like the ties of the cables? To oh, yeah. Attach. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But they're sitting really well next to the TV. Oh, they're no, actually not the attached. So I'm just waiting oh, yeah. to see how long this is going to happen. Like, at what point is she going to... As long yeah. as she obviously doesn't hurt herself, like I'm obviously yeah, watching yeah. her. But I know the way she's playing with it, that it's going to fall back on itself, away from her, because yeah. she smacks it. Yeah, but like there's no... But you have to let go of things. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not saying the TV, but like as in, I would have been precious, you know, my 20s about my clothes or my, you know, my possessions. Or if something broke, you'd get really annoyed. Yeah. And now I'm at the stage where, even for the house, like this is the only room with a lock in it, apart from the toilets, obviously. But everything else, I'm just like, I'll buy a sofa and it'll do for seven or eight or nine years. And then when they're older, we'll go again and we'll buy the nice sofa. Yeah. You have to like, just not be as obsessed or worried about things because things are going to get broken they're going to go missing and they're going to get spilled on or weed on or puked on. And oh, it's so true. And your wardrobe as a mum totally changes. Oh God. Now, I'm still hanging on slightly to like pre-mum Pamela. But you got, yeah, but do that. Hang on to it because like, like, you can't let it go. But then there's like this pale pink jumper that I keep wearing. And it gets one wear, and then it, know, then it goes into so the like it then it goes into the vanish wash, and I have to like remove all the stains from like whatever. It's you know you pick them up and they've just had spaghetti bolognese, and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> but I get up some days, like especially like on a Sunday, and I feel like I'm going to put on a dress today. Oh, my next, like I'm going to wear my cool clothes today. I put them on for about ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, I just can't be bothered. It's just too uncomfortable, and I I bend down grabbing stuff and picking stuff up and. So I just put back on my leggings or my jeans or whatever and it's just, it's just easier. But I do think nowadays, compared to like probably our parents' generation, there are cooler casual clothes. Yeah. And more is acceptable. Like trainers are now kind of accepted Thank as God. dressy stuff. You know, if you pair them properly compared to back in the day where... Yeah. Even when I remember growing up, like you your good clothes. You know, oh, your Christmas yeah. clothes and your yeah. good clothes. Whereas nowadays, it's a lot more fluid. You can yeah. kind of, once you look respectable... I actually treated myself to a pair of Lululemon leggings. Oh, what do you think? I love them. Oh my God. Oh my God. They are and like the magic. best yeah. leggings. I have, no, this is, I've been collecting them now for years. So I have a lot of them. I have probably. And eight, husbands, eight they last years. a long time. Well, I've got some four or five, I've got six, seven year old pairs, right? Yeah. But I've got a couple of black pairs and. I could go into my, I have hundreds of pairs of leggings. I'm looking, I've been gifted some, I've bought loads. I can go into my leggings without looking with my eyes closed. And I can feel in my whole drawer of leggings. And I can feel, I have just one plain black pair of Lululemons. And I can feel them straight away. Yeah. And I can pull them out. They are literally miracle pants. They suck everything in and they pull it up and they've got a high waist. And they don't do that, you know that crotchy thing that yeah. happens in the middle of your leggings? Yeah. They don't do that. And now they're really expensive. They're really expensive. But like I think, like, I wear them. I have one pair that I won't wear. That pair, I've not got. I don't wear them working out. They don't ever go to the gym. They're, I wear them with, like, a knitted jumper. Yes, exactly. And my cool yeah. runners. And they are, do you know the way lots of girls have I, those Spanx leggings? Yeah. I have a pair of them. And they're lovely. But the Lulus aren't that much more expensive. Maybe 20 euro more expensive. And I would buy the Lulus again every time. Oh, I love them. But there is so much value out there now in gear that they didn't have even even five years ago. Yeah. Like 
you know, the pre-mark gear is really good and the H&M gear is really good and like, they're all like your high street. Yeah. I'd always say to people like starting out, just buy some of that. And then bit by bit by bit, as you find what you like and what you're comfortable in and what works for you, add like your more expensive bits. But um, yeah, there's there's way more choice than there used to be now. A part of your life, and I'm specifically saying a part, oh, yeah. is on social media because yeah. you create content for yourself and for brands and the kids are on it. Do you feel that from when you started social media to now, things have changed? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, when I started, it was all about, and I just wanted to write on a blog, you know, and I was like, oh, I, I want to do like lifestyle recipe kind of stuff. And for me, it was more about being healthy as a mom, as opposed to having a blog about family life and kids, do you know? Yeah. So, but for me, like it was about the writing and the creation of something. And I kind of felt when I gave up work, if I ever want to go back, I could say to someone, oh, look, I actually made this thing and you can have a look at it. And they might think there was a bit of get up and go, do you yeah. know? Um, and then I think Instagram really changed everything. Because when I was on Facebook, it was more text oriented. Yes, very well. much so, yeah. And then Instagram came along and, you know, I think it became, originally it was about both. You'd have your blog post and you'd have your Instagram. But now I find if I do a job, I'd rarely, really, rarely have to put something on the blog about it. Yeah. But it would all be um, Instagram based and stories based. And now it's gone obviously a lot more video based than picture based. So it has evolved a lot. Um, and there's a lot more people doing it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was looking in one sense because I got in early enough and I wasn't one of the early, early ones. So, you know, I missed the boat in that respect. But um, on the other side of it, like I started doing it five years ago. So I started doing it a lot earlier than some people. Yeah. And it was a lot easier then to get exposure because the algorithms and stuff, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't, they, were, they weren't made the same way. Everyone saw everything. Yeah. You were, people were exposed to whatever was on it as opposed to the, the platform selecting what they expose you to. Yeah, exactly. So it was easier in that sense. Um, I suppose it's more difficult. I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that in my kind of niche market, because I'm kind of like older than a lot of, you know, the 20 year olds on it, you know, we wouldn't have as much engagement and you, your followers would be much harder to come by. Yeah. Because not everyone in our generation is on it and has any interest in it. But then I find that the people who do follow you tend to really be interested and tend to be loyal and you know you tend to have good interaction and chats and you get to know people like I know there's some people who write to me regularly and I feel like I know them yeah do you know so that's really nice and have you found friends through oh my god yeah Instagram oh loads yeah um Emma two darlings oh she's hilarious I love her so like I'd be good for I, I wouldn't have known Emma if it wasn't through well we kind of blogged together first on Instagram and Oh, there's loads. Um, even Shan, you know, Lee Pilates. Yeah. Um, I would have met Shan through loads. There's loads of people that I would have met through. So you've kind of found your own community as well. Oh, I have. As, as having your own community. Do you know what I mean? You've kind of... Yeah, I found my own little bunch. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't have known Louise O'Connell if it wasn't. There's loads of people like that. But it's not just that. It's not just people who are online themselves, you know, creating content. Even things like the court network, the business women's network, like is in just getting to know people around the city and, you know, that brings opportunity in itself to do business or to, you know, go to events and networking. 
and that all comes from that and it's, it's nice to have your own thing going on outside of family life and yeah. especially when you're at home mm-hmm. do you know I, I think it's really good to have your own set of I don't just yeah just your own little thing going on that, yeah. and then at some point I always feel you're still kind of growing in the sense that if I want to you know go into the business side of it at least you've people that you can talk to about and get advice from and you're kind of stronger together yeah do you know so and I think that's in Cork anyway there's definitely community um in the, the network Ireland there's definitely a community spirit in that of people helping each other out and you know egging each other on and supporting each other it's really good yeah I suppose and then that can be the, the kind of online community in its greatest kind of part of it yes exactly and um, for the most part it is great yeah we just have to focus on that bit Oh, exactly, exactly. If you focus on the negatives, which your brain automatically wants to do, yeah, you could probably go down a rabbit hole. And yeah. but um, I think you kind of have to understand what comes with the territory, and you have to understand that. Like I rarely get negativity, but if I did, I have to say to myself what I say to my kids. Uh, if something happens in their lives, it's it's about that person. Mm-hmm. Like ninety nine percent of the time, it's not about something that you've done yourself. It's about something from within that person you yeah know? so yeah you just have to put it in the box and give it a bit of per- yeah and give it a bit of perspective and oh exactly yeah. because i actually find as well like if someone makes a little you know throwaway comment like that's all it is to them yeah so you shouldn't focus uh, focus on it and make it a big thing to you because the person who's made that comment is not a big thing to them yeah and they've probably yeah. done that to 10 15 other people yeah this month this week so like yeah it is it is but I, I like it does make you worry for your kids and what the environment they're going to grow up in and yeah that's something I want to focus on a bit more going forward just um I did a post on internet safety and I went into Trend Micro and they're really helpful and I would like to do a little series like that on just um you know what it is it's educating your kids with regards to what's appropriate online not not just to protect them from bullies to, but also to protect them from being a bully without realising yeah. and you know if you write something online like it's there it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. there and someone screenshots it and you're going for a job it doesn't matter how, if you deleted it it's there mm-hmm. so anything you put up you have to realise it's never gone so I think it's just educating people with regards to what's appropriate and just a, a kind of a code of conduct yeah being being nice and also understanding as well that um tone is lost in text Completely, yeah. and sometimes actually something really harmless could be misinterpreted like I've done it myself I've never reacted to it but I've read something being a bit like oh and then wrote the person back oh, no, I don't really understand what you mean and they might give me context and I'm like oh my god that's not what they meant at all yeah. they meant it totally differently Yeah. so it's just educating people to understand that tone is very important but and you lose that in short messages a lot of very times. much so yeah so just to, to understand that and as well I suppose recently Instagram have said that they're going to going to remove the filters that promote oh, um, beauty yeah <laughs> yeah I was going am I wrong to be a bit gutted about this <laughs> I was like I know it's the, like against everything I said but I was like I kind of like this movie face I don't filter. mind <laughs> that to me I'm like that's fine it's the one that creates what's it called oh, what is it? Go on. I don't know it probably it's, but I probably need to know it. I don't know is it on the Instagram is it on Instagram or is it like an app and it's called like total beauty or real beauty and it's the big lips oh no I don't have that oh Oh and it's, I think anyone would know if I did that. Though. Oh yeah, it's an extreme like, and it. So it's like Facetune. 
Yeah. But I don't think FaceTune does that. I don't know. No, it's like... It's an ex- I, I can't remember the name of it, but everyone was, was showing it oh, like, really? a couple of weeks ago. I live yeah. on rock. And I just thought it was funny that this filter was on it the week that they announced that they were getting oh, rid it was, of these filters. Oh, so what was it on? The Instagram stories? It's on Instagram stories, yeah. So you know oh. you've got the little selection. Oh, uh, yeah. I never go through them. I, I yeah. go to one. There's one I use that brightens everything. And I use that one. And I don't ever, I it's, couldn't tell you. It's another one. I, I'm presuming in there somewhere. Um, oh, I'll just have a look later. <laughs> I just don't have time. I'm normally so busy creating typos on my text that I don't have time to go to the filters. And if I can just get the story up at all, I'm doing well. But um, I'll just have a look. Yeah, I did hear on the news that they were taking off some filter. Yeah. And um, and I, I did hear it was kind of one of those beautiful filters. Yeah. That, but I, I actually... I don't Which know. I think would be good because I do think it's a bit like Orage looking at magazines. magazines. And then only realising maybe 10, 15 years later, this thing called airbrush. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So we looked at those models and went, oh, but they're the, stunning. Yeah, but the difference with us is we weren't exposed to those models all day, every day. And that's another thing. We could close yeah. that magazine oh, and walk, walk away from it. from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're exposed all day, every day. Yeah. And I don't get this. Listen, I'm all for anybody making themselves more beautiful. And do what makes you happy. And if people want to get their boobs, their nose, their lips, whatever done, oh, my God, do it. Um. I don't understand though this massive Love Island lip. Do you know I don't get that. Like I saying because I don't think that that necessarily makes them look more beautiful. I think you know, there's probably a happy happy medium with a lip filler. I'm sure, but this massive like what was the girl the girl on X Factor the celebrity X Factor the country singer girl Megan. Oh, I'm gonna is it Megan McKenna? I think you're right. I think that's I'm her not name. Sure. Like I think she's beautiful, and she said it herself on the first episode. She was like, "Oh my God, there were like two slugs on my lips," and I thought she put it really well. But I don't get this whole um, they're kind of clones of each other. Oh and yeah, all those kids there, they contour the same way, and they put the hair the same way, and the lips the same way, and dress the same way, and I'm just like, wow, that that I understand why they do it because all their friends are doing it and that's, that's their the, tribe that's, that's their, what yeah. they do like yeah and it's a shame really because I think then there's loads of actual individual beauty lost oh completely do yeah. you know and I think a lot of those kids make themselves look a certain way that takes a nice picture but then in when you see them in real life they don't like they don't look like the picture oh completely and they, and they don't look like they used to look yeah and sadly what they used to look like sometimes looks better and the picture looks better so it's kind of it's kind of a vicious. It's like yeah, it's modelled. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Kleena, it's that time where we're going to have to stop talking because we I could know. talk all day. <laughs> Just pick up my children. So school. we have three questions to ask you. Okay, what would you tell your pregnant self? Oh God, um, I would tell my pregnant self. Just put down the book, <laughs> burn the books. I know. I would tell myself, do you know what? It'll be fine. It will be fine. It doesn't matter how you do it. And it doesn't matter how much you get it wrong. Just once you know you're doing it from a place of love and concern and care, that it would be fine. That's what I would tell myself. That's pretty good advice. If only I could follow it. (laughs) If only I had followed it. And what one product could you not live without? Oh, I have two. Can Can I do two? You can have two. Um... This is really sad. My runners. If I went on holidays without my runners, I'd have to go buy new runners. You know, as in, I just have to have my runners because they are, I like, you know, we have trackers and watches and what all this, whatever, hanging off us. 
But at the end of the day, like all you need to really keep fit is your runners. Like once your legs are protected and your feet are protected, you can pretty much do any exercise you want. Um, and I did rupture my plantar fascia and have an edema in my bone a couple of years ago. So I was in a boot for about six months and you know, just runners, runners. I have a particular type of runner I wear and I will not stray from them. And so that would be my one thing. My other thing would be my water bottle. I have this water bottle that I got on Amazon. I have two or three of them now and it holds 40 ounces and it fits in my cup holder in my car. <laughs> and I drink two of them every day. And so that's my two liters of water, just over two liters of water. And I'm actually, if you ask my kids, I'm a freak about my water bottle because if they start drinking out of it, the OCD in me is like, oh my God, you're, you're ruining my water tracking. <laughs> Stop drinking out of my water, you're spitting in it. <laughs> so that's kind of my two things. I actually, there would be two things I'd be fairly possessive over. Does that make me really sad? No, no, because one is for your mind and one is for your body. So I think they're both actually really good choices. Oh yeah, never no, made that connection. That's good. And what has been your magic moment? Oh, there's loads. Okay, there's loads of magic moments. But there's this one moment I always come back to, and it's a nothing moment. Okay, this isn't an epiphany. This isn't like something groundbreaking. Okay, but I just remember when I had. Ollie, my third child, and everything was a bit of a muddle and a haze, and I used to lie in bed at night thinking, will I ever feel like me again? And do you know, I that's when I started eating healthy and making all the smoothies because I suppose that was I could control that. Yeah. And there's this song. Okay, so I was listening to Ray Darcy and Jenny Kelly oh, and yes. Will and Maraid on on Today FM, and I used to listen to them religiously. And Ray Darcy played, um, you know, the live, they used to do these live lounge sessions and it's actually on Spotify, the album, it's really good. And he played Bell X1, um, oh, yeah. She's a Mystery to Me. I just, like, I love that. I play that for the boys. I'm going to bed at least once a week. And that song came on the radio and I remember just picking Ollie up, he was probably six or seven months old, and just kind of swinging around the kitchen with him in my arms and just being like, it's all going to be okay. Like, it'll be fine. And it was just, I don't know why. Like, that's a nothing moment, I know. But every time I hear that song, I remember that moment. And I remember thinking, I can do this. Like, it's actually fine. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And I think probably the fog was lifting at that stage. And I was, do you know, I'd had stuff going on in my life that, you you know, it makes it more of a challenge. And that was the moment where I was like, it's actually fine. And I know it's a nothing moment, but it's like, I always just remember it. But I think those small moments in are the ones that they're, you know, in that, that movie Up, is it Up? Oh, inside, yeah. No, in, Inside Out. Inside um, Out. With Riley. Where, yeah, where they've got. She's so sad where, all the names. I think where the, she's got that memory bank. Yes. And it's never a great memory, like a, like yeah. a holiday or something. It's yeah. all these little things. moments. And that's the things that actually. Yeah. And I think that moment for me was just. I you know I had tough enough time and it was a control thing maybe I don't know what it was but um it was just that moment I just went it's like I just exhaled and loads of stuff came off my shoulders and I just went it's actually gonna be fine I've got he's fine the girls are fine we're fine and we can do it like and be okay so that's my non epiphany magic moment <laughs> Tina thank you so much for today thank you so much it was lovely chatting to you it was great having you. So this is the last episode of series two. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to listen and to all of my fabulous guests who are all busy mums who've taken the time to record with me. 
please continue to share the podcast with anyone that you think may enjoy it. In season three, we'll be back in early 2020. And see you then.